Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about how to say no politely. Please note that this podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am a mental health registered nurse and professional content developer. So we're going to start this podcast off with a scenario that many of us have uh, fallen into or can relate to. But let me preface it with most of us do not have an infinite amount of time or money left that we can just give it to anyone who's asking us for that. But we tend to give in and give it to people who basically are saying to us, hey, loser. Oh, uh, geez. Uh, uh, Hi, hi. We're all going out for drinks after work and you're coming put on your Sunday best. Uh, um, I, I, I can't. Why? What are you doing? My, my mom is in town. Well, bring her. Uh, I can't. Why not? Uh, she's sick. Uh, you're in luck. I'm a nurse. In addition, she broke her hip. Uh, hip. Today's your lucky day. I have a wheelchair in the car. Um, uh, w- we're poor. I'll buy. Uh, of course you will. I'll see you at seven. We'll be there. What is with that is all I have to say. Well, we have all found ourselves in a similar situation. And usually after we do what we said yes to, that we couldn't say no to, we feel angry at ourselves, anxious, resentful, that kind of stuff. You know, those kind of feelings. So how to say no politely, as we know, is a prized skill. As technology grants 24-hour access to our lives and the ability to be quickly available is an accepted norm, the art of saying no can be a superpower. As Warren Buffett said, the difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything. I'm not saying to, to say no to to everything, but you you get what I'm communicating here. Many of us feel overwhelmed, like a hamster in the wheel. We do our best to keep up. We shoehorn as much stuff as we can into our days. We go for quantity, not quality. As social beings, we fear upsetting others. We're scared of missing out. We like to be part of the crowd. We struggle with decision-making. It's easier to say yes. And there's the irony. We all know what we'd like to say no to, but we can't go through with it. 
Time is our most precious and finite resource. It does not regenerate and it cannot be retrieved or reversed. Like water pouring down the sink as we clean our teeth, we have the power to control the way we use our time. But few of us exercise this right thoroughly. Why no is essential for our happiness? Let's start talking about that. When you say no without fear or guilt, you are free. Saying yes feels good in the moment. It avoids social tension. On the surface, it appears to save time as it's a, it's a quick solution. We don't have to wrestle internally with an unpleasant decision and, and how to enact it. But you then have to follow through on your promise. A philosopher by the name of John Stuart Mill spoke of the value of individuality and how we should decide for ourselves where we find value in our lives and live accordingly. As we grow older and learn more about ourselves, we can continue to shape our decisions. Saying yes is a time commitment. It takes you away from the things you want to do, the pleasures that give your life meaning. It's why lifelong people pleasers feel unfulfilled. Accepting every request is just impractical. You, You fill your calendar with unimportant tasks that add no value to your life. Some of them might even be urgent, although not important, which adds to the feeling of overwhelm. Your impact and productivity will be low, even if you don't openly admit it. You're likely to feel angry, resentful, and anxious. To give you an example, uh, in October, my husband and I committed to going on vacation with some friends. It was a a, a quick decision and we said, yes, sounds fun. And then came the anger, resentment, and anxiousness on my part. Although my husband is very practical. He said, then why did you say yes if you didn't want to go? Plus, in addition, I'm a dog lover, specifically of the pug breed. And the national uh, pug show of America was an hour away. The national. And it was during the dates of our vacation. Ah, was I upset. So, jumping back to the podcast. Overcommitment also risks damage to your reputation. If you let people down or become known as someone with hollow promises, people will stop trusting you. So why do we find it so hard to say no? 
because we want to be nice and we want people to like us. No is counterintuitive to this notion. When we say no, we fear the repercussions. Humans crave social and emotional stimuli. Attention, recognition, and intimacy are critical for our emotional and physical survival. A psychoanalyst, Renee Spitz, in his pioneering work on abandoned infants and consequently child development, found a clear link between emotional deprivation and an increased death rate. Suddenly, no, on an elemental level, becomes part of the human fight for survival. No can be perceived as a rejection. Most of the time, it is perceived as a rejection, the very thing that humans are programmed to avoid. The fear of missing out, or FOMO, as I call it, is another reason why people struggle with no. As social beings, we unconsciously base our beliefs on the current values of society. Modern culture is consumerist and driven by status. This is centered around notions of power and wealth. Image and popularity are highly prized in today's society. In fact, success is measured in material things and by the way we look and are per perceived by others. The human instinct to be part of the group is incredibly strong. As a professor, Steve Peters outlines in the chimp Paradox. I love the name of that book. The need to belong to a group is so powerful that we will often compromise our lives and lifestyle to remain as part of the group. Have you ever seen a family? They are always trying to keep up with the Joneses. And they can't be the Joneses because they don't have the money to become a Jones. Nothing against anyone named Jones. To say no and bow out, we are deliberately separating ourselves from the crowd. We are turning our backs on emotional reward. That's how it's viewed. While these drivers are the ancient remnants of our ancestors, our brains continue to process them in the same way. On top of this deep psychological layer of complexity sits the workings of current social interaction to complicate things even further. The norms, manners, and social practices of modern society state that no is often perceived to be rude. We are taught to comply, seek acceptance, and stick with the group by following the rules and accepted behaviors of society. Why we can all learn to say no and be comfortable with it. Let's talk about that. There was a psychiatrist uh, named Eric Byrne, and he said that human behavior has three ego states, parent, adult, and child. 
the parent ego state uh, is your behaviors, thoughts, and feelings, which we copy from our parents and figures of authority. Then we have the adult ego state, which are behaviors, thoughts, and feelings, which deal with the here and now, direct responses to our current situation. And then there's a child ego state that has behaviors, thoughts, and feelings, which we, we replay from childhood. These three states sum in the entire personality of a person. We continuously move between the different ego states. The nature of the social interaction is explained by the ego state occupied by the various parties. So I can be in my adult state. You can be in a parent state. Someone else can be in a child ego state. And boy, let me tell you, that can be a fun situation. So our adult ego state is necessary for survival. It processes data and computes possibilities, which are essential for dealing with the outside world. Thus, uh, in dealing practically and non-emotionally with matters in the here and now, we are perfectly able to say no when we occupy the adult ego state. Those who struggle saying no will find themselves occupying a different ego state. For example, people pleasers spend too much time in the child ego state, replicating past behavior, trying to please their critical parents. Uh, then there's rescuers, those who believe they have to help everyone, find themselves stuck in the role of a smothering, overprotective parent ego state. So despite our past and any external influences, we are all capable of making decisions for ourselves and that everyone is redeemable. In understanding the reasons for our behavior, thoughts, and feelings, we can change. So for those who have spent their lives as people pleasers or overprotective rescuers, unable to say no, it is possible to use the what we call neuroplasticity of our brains to redesign and reshape the way we think and behave. Modern humans are more developed than many of our ancestors. Uh, so although we want to pe for people to like us, be popular and gain the approval of others, humans are sophisticated now enough to recognize that we shouldn't be worried about what others think all the time. It is a constant, it's just a constant pull back and forth between these different thought processes that makes saying no so difficult. The duality of battling our pre-evolutionary drivers while recognizing that we are responsible for our own happiness is grueling. Recognizing this is part of the solution, as is understanding on a profound level what saying no can do for your life. This is where the words of a Greek philosopher can help us out. Wealth consists not in having great possessions, but in having very few wants. Don't waste time saying yes to everything because you're afraid of missing something. Instead, turn your attention to what you already have and find meaning in the simple things. Say yes 
to what you already have. So how do you say no without being rude or feeling guilty? You have to ensure that you are saying no from your adult ego state. Say no in the here and now as an equal to the person you are saying no to. Do not allow yourself to slip into the child who seeks to the gain approval of the controlling parent or the superhero of the smothering, nurturing parent. It is not your job to save the world. So the, going back to neuroplasticity, it, which is really cool, the creation of new neural pathways occurs with the repetition of thoughts, emotions, and behaviors over time. So small changes, which are frequently repeated, lead to changes in our brains. We become what we think and do. It's not going to happen overnight. But if you want to change, you need to embed new behaviors and thought processes into your life. But precisely, what kind of preferred behaviors can you repeat over a prolonged period to enable you to change? Try these five strategies for starters. Plan ahead. When you first start out, it's going to be difficult. You might find it easier to say no via text or email as you're getting to grips with this new behavior. This is okay and a step in the right direction. It's perfectly acceptable when approached to say that you need to check your diary, then afterwards politely decline. So here it is. Someone says, me, would you like to come to the party? And I'll say, that's very kind of you. Thank you for the offer. I'll check my diary and let you know. Here's my follow-up. Hey, Sarah, thanks for the invite to the party. I've checked my diary and unfortunately I can't make it. I have another commitment. Have a fantastic time. If Sarah asked me, what's the commitment? Say, I just have another commitment. I'm, I'm just not able to make it. Keep it simple. The temptation when saying no is to offer a justification for your reasoning. We think it's polite and emotionally soothing and that it takes the sting out of the rejection. But offering a reason for your no changes the, the dynamic fundamentally. No with a reason is interpreted by the receiver as I can't now, even though I want to, because of something that's out of my control. Please help me find a way. So that's what's happening. You're giving them a dilemma to help you solve when you're doing this. This is why no with a reason is challenged. For example, Sally says to me, Shall we go for coffee on Friday? I say, sorry, I can't. I've got to mow the lawn. I may or may not have to, but nonetheless, that was what my excuse was. So Sally says, oh, okay, let's do it on Saturday instead. Or Sally, being a kind person, she may say, I'll come over and uh, help you. I'll, I'll do the weed pulling or... Um, uh, to help uh, you trim all the weeds. 
so a determined person will push the matter until they get what they want. The simple way to deal with this is not to allow the other person any room for a comeback or a solution to your problem. <laughs> so Sally, let's do this again. Shall we go for coffee on Friday? I say, sorry, I can't. Sally, oh, okay. Or Sally uh, may say, well, why not? And you say, I, I just can't. Well, what's going on? Maybe I can help. Uh, I, I just can't make it. If this seems too brutal and you simply can't do this without a justification, find an important blanket reason that shuts down the situation. Don't make up a long-winded excuse that could trip you up further down the line. Be calm and polite, but keep it simple. So here's the scenario. Sally says, shall we go for coffee on Friday? I say, sorry, I can't. I'm, I'm focusing on spending my time with family at the moment. Sally says, oh, okay. Let me know when you'd like to catch up. You, thank you. Or Sally might even say, hey, bring the kids along or bring John along. And you say, no, I'm really focusing on just the family spending time together. But thanks for recommending that. It's up to you to choose to follow up if and when you want to. So be aware of ego states and ulterior transactions too. Uh, when I say transactions, that's communications between one person and the other. Um, the most straightforward transactions are between adults. So an adult ego, can you come to the meeting next week? I need your help. Response in, adult, in an adult ego would be, of course, send me the details and I'll be there. Now, if someone is in their child ego, they might say, Joe has really upset me. Me responding in my parent ego would say, I'm really sorry to hear that. I really hope that you two can work things out. I don't want to get involved in that. And I don't want to spend my valuable time in hearing about what this other person feels has happened. So my response is, I'm really sorry to hear that. I hope that you two can work things out. So uh, there are other situations uh, but always try to keep yourself in your adult ego. Try to stay out of your child ego because your child ego may not always make sense and may be talking from a state of emotion and may come up with things that you promise that you can't keep. Promises that you can't keep. Other things. Uh, here, uh, someone is soliciting. 
and they're a friend. Uh, they may say, I'm sure you'd love to donate something for the charity ball. Most people give $100. Can I put you down for the same amount? Now, me in my adult ego would say a couple of things. It could be, I'd love to donate. Please put me down for $50. Instead of saying, is it okay if I give you 50 instead of 100? I'm really sorry. I, but uh, no, that's not, you're not in your adult ego mode. Or you can say, I'd love to donate, but at this time, I've got other financial commitments. So when someone approaches you in that way, those can be your responses. Also, if you get someone who's really pushy, just keep repeating what you're saying. And eventually they'll get tired of it and say, oh, okay, I guarantee. So you can always propose an alternative if you would like to, if you would like to. So if you find yourself in a situation where you really can't say yes, even though you'd like to say no with an alternative, you might choose to use this with people you are closest to. So you're at work and a colleague says, can you help me with this report? I am behind. I would say, I'm sorry, I've, I've got lots to do myself, but I can answer your phone and take messages while you focus on it. Or you can just say, I am so sorry. I've got lots to do here myself. I wish I could help out, but at this time I'm unable to. Remember, keep the alternatives manageable, otherwise there ceases to be a point. So use an alternative that says apologies. I've got lots to do myself, but I can answer your phone and take messages while you focus on it or I am so sorry, apologies. I've got lots to do myself. I'm unable to help you at this time. So ask yourself the now question. The undercover economist Tim Harford poses an excellent question. If I had to do this today, would I agree to it? If the answer is no, then that is your decision. The day will always come when the yes that you promise comes to the top of your to-do list. If you don't want it on there, don't accept in the first place. And no doesn't have to be a rejection. Despite what your limbic brain might believe, no doesn't have to equate to rejection. When you simply, and with honesty, it's a statement about your current situation. People will realize that no is actually about you and that it's not a rejection of them. If you are someone that rarely says no, people might be surprised to hear the word pass your lips at first. Do not be deterred. As you use it more frequently, they will grow accustomed to the fact that you exercise your right to choose. After all, saying no saves time for you 
to say yes when you want to. This is real life. This is Lisa. Stay well.